playing. You're a phony. Hey, this guy's a great big phony. That's right. You're a big fat phony. Hey, you know who lives in this house? A great big phony. That's right. A phony lives here. A big Hello, fat and welcome to another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. Thank you for making this a part of your weekly routine, whether whatever you're doing, like we already said before, it don't matter what you're doing, but we just appreciate that you are taking out the time to listen to us. Um, anyways, I'm Adrian. That's Spells. And how you doing today, Spells? How you doing? How you doing this fine evening? Well, I'm a first round draft pick richer, man. <laughs> no, so. It's a great day to be hey. OKC Thunder fan, bro. Lottery on Tuesday. <laughs> you know, number 16th overall pick coming. Kemba Walker coming. I feel like a winner. Unlike the you know, hey. the Hawks tonight. Unlike probably the Clippers tonight, who both probably gonna lose. Like it just feels good. Father's Day coming good. up. I'm- so I'm ready for that whole bunch of nothing I'm gonna get. Yeah. A whole bunch of nothing and a whole bunch of you doing the work. You about to be out there on the grill. They about to have you on the grill. Nah, nah, nah. My grill, I, I sabotaged my grill, bro. My grill done been through about 25 storms this year and no grill coverage. It's been getting raw dog, so it's probably inoperable. But for real, my my wife be taking care of me, but she pregnant, so it's a little it's a little different feel this Father's Day, you know what I'm saying? We're going to be a little bit more chill. You about to, uh, mm-hmm. it's about time for you to pop out another one, ain't it? Uh, no, but, um, it probably, probably gonna happen. I can't even, it's probably gonna happen within the next year or so, whether I like it or not. So, <laughs> but I'm just, I already like like it too much. <laughs> hey, hey, she done got, she, she fully committed. She said she done with birth control. She done, right. she off of it. Oh, yeah, that's how it starts. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. That's how all three of my kids. I was like talking to my homies. What'd you say? I said, that's how all three of my kids happen. And she, <laughs> yeah, I'm done with birth control. And I'm like, oh, you think I'm changing what I'm doing? See, 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 see. That's what I'm messing up too. I'm like, all right. So I'm already fully, fully put in my mind. I'm, I'm expecting within the next year or so. But um, enough about it. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about that, man. I woke up to that news. I was at, I had jury duty. So crazy thing is, I had jury duty today, right? Uh-huh. BS. By the way, I got select. I got to go in Monday. Oh, June, June? I was hot. The federal holiday. Shit, crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause so when they were talking about it yesterday, how excuse me, how he was signing it and everything. You know, everybody wasn't sure if we were gonna be off or not. All the generals were in a meeting too at the time, so nobody, so all the like big shots were in the meeting with the colonels and everything, so they couldn't even sign off and be like, "Hey, yeah, send out the email to say, hey, yeah, we're off." And so my um, GS employees were like, "Are we going in?" Like my fourteen was asking, "Like, are we like what's going on?" Like blah blah, blah. and they were talking, and I'm like, "Well, he signed the letter, so I would assume." we not coming in tomorrow he's like yeah but they ain't sent nothing i was like yeah i said right beside i said right like right in front of 14 so he was just saying i was like i don't i don't know yeah yeah i don't know 
And so he, we were waiting, we're doing that, and I was telling them, they were like, oh, well, hopefully your jury duty gets canceled tomorrow because, you know, it's a federal holiday. We don't think the courthouse is going to be open. And then I saw some tweets about how the courthouse was closed today, so I was hoping. I was like, oh, I might not have my jury duty. But then I log on, we still in there. Because they, you know what's crazy? They doing it through a Zoom call, too. Mm-hmm. The jury duty? Yeah, so I log in. Yeah, the, the, only the first part, only the initial part. The rest of it is in person. So they had 355 of us this morning in there. Jesus. And I was like, yeah, bro. I got the, in there bright like the screening part How? where they like try and check your bias and shit. Yeah, they well, yeah, they're doing then they do the second part Monday in person. They do the second part of the screening Monday. So they were doing some of the screening today, and I'm like, bro, they had to go through 355 of us. I was like, we had to stay in the Zoom call the whole time. First we had to do attendance. Then we did that, and then they broke us off into rooms of based off where the trial we could possibly get to. And it was like 80 people in the room with me. So they still talking. They talking over each other. They doing all this. And I'm like, bro, why y'all think this was a good idea? Why did y'all think this was a good idea? Got people talking over each other. I'm like, y'all, like, golly. So yeah, that was just. You know, like, oh yeah, Monday y'all gonna come in, and they only selecting like fourteen of y'all, uh, fourteen of the eighty. So we'll deal with this. I gotta go back in Monday. I'm not happy about it. Damn. But anyways, enough about that jury duty. Yeah. I said anyways. Speaking twice of, now. Did you think that was a good idea? Why did Brad Stevens think that was a good idea? Tell me as a Celtics. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I love it. I saw a lot of like people going both ways with it and everything. Like, oh, blah blah blah. Why do we have to trade for Al? Like, they're like, we're getting Al. We're getting blah blah blah. This, this, and that. We're we're giving away our sixteenth pick in X, Y, and Z, and blah blah blah. And a lot of people were upset about it because they were like, we feel like we could have got more for Kim. I was like, well, one, you weren't gonna get more for Kim, but I guarantee you, he was shot more, and that was the best deal available. And that 16th pick, I don't know why they're putting so much stock in it. I was very confused because I saw a lot of Celtics fans like, oh, well, well, we could have somebody like a nice rookie, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what What are we going to do with that 16th pick? I said, we're notorious for not playing our rookies. I said, or missing on our rookies. So I said, I was looking, I was like, in the past eight years, honestly, outside of like the big names like Tatum, Brown, and Smart, what rookies have panned out for us? Yeah, but we, I mean, we've had, a different GM. Yeah, it is a different GM. However, I'm not I'm not too sold on any of the rookies that are coming. Like, if it was like a top 10 draft pick, then yes. Then yes, I'm all for saying no to trading that. However, since it's the 16th pick, I've been like, I'm like, I mean, we're, we're going to do another draft, mock draft. We were supposed to do one, like, I think about doing one last week. We're supposed to do one last week, but we're going to do one within the next week or two. We're going to go ahead and do another mock draft. And when you start seeing, like, past that part, there's not many, like, super hits. You know what I mean? There's no there's no super hit where, like, oh, yeah, at 16, we're going to hit right here, blah, 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 and this is going to do X, Y, and Z. It's like a, it's a hit or miss at that point. So I'm not, I'm not too sold on it. So instead of taking that risk, Treat Moses Brown as if that was our 16th pick. That's how I was looking at it. Treat him as that. Treat him as if he was who we drafted at the 16th pick because he's a young, big man. And the problem, the place where we struggle the most is at the center position. 
So in this draft coming up, we were going to either draft a point guard or a center, more than likely a center, because I don't see the Celtics really trying to draft a point guard, or especially since, like I said, we don't really play our rookies much. Um, I would I would assume we would have went for a center in the draft and tried to get snag like a veteran point guard in free agency. And if that's the case, then why not, instead of going and hoping we hit on the big man, why not just go with Moses Brown? Like, there's no guarantee. He's, I'm not saying, like, Moses Brown's going to be the next great thing, but I'm like, he's a young, above-average center, a 7-2 center that can rebound well and has potential to be able to, uh, um, what's called, be a good shot blocker and be a good defender there, then that works for me. That works 100% for me because none, none of our bigs are over seven feet. We haven't had a seven-footer as a center and who knows, like, like a legit big, and who knows how long, for, for quite a while. Al Horford was our center. He was 6'10". Last year, we had Rob Williams, we had Tice, and we had Tristan Thompson. All of them are 6'9 and under. This year, we still have no legit seven-foot big man. Um, that's like a legit big man. I think um, Wagner is like, a, I think he's seven-foot, but he's, a shooting big. He's not even a legit big. We don't have a legit seven-footer big. And in those matchups, watching those Celtics games, Rob is cool, but he was getting bullied in the paint. So seeing him get bullied, I'm like, we need someone taller. We need somebody bigger. Getting a seven-two player like Moses Brown. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I've watched a ton of Thunder game. As a Thunder fan, what do you what do you what do you think of Moses Brown? Uh, good athlete, good size. Good potential. He's not a finished product right now. Sometimes struggles with consistency. Has a good motor. Um, I think it's good that he's going over there with Al Horford because Al Horford was acting as a mentor for him. So, I mean, I think that pairing, it's not really like a player-coach thing, but it is like a player. Um, I can't think of the like, like a shadow program type shit. Like, he'll learn a lot of good habits from Al Horford. So I think he's good depth. I don't think he's like an all star. He may not. He may not even be like a long term starter for y'all. Like he just has a high ceiling, but his flow is also his floor is also really low to me. So I I thought I'm gonna be honest with you. Everything you just said to me would like really the Celtics should hire you to like do their spin jobs because I just looked at that trade as the quickest way for Brad Stevens to get out from under Kemba's contract. Because that his knees aren't getting any better. They know the medicals better than OKC knows the medicals. And OKC is probably not going to keep Kemba either. He's probably going to be trade bait for who fucking knows. Not not the Lakers, hopefully. But, I mean, it's just 70, what's his contract? 73 mil? Yeah. Um, A lot of money. Saving, A lot of money for old man knees. Yeah, he still he still got the um, it's like thirty some mil, and then the forty mil kicks in, mm-hmm. and so by trading him, mm-hmm. we actually another thing um, that it brings thing. up. Yeah, here's another thing. I think it was, <laughs> was it the twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three free agency? No, it's the twenty twenty three free agency where um, like there's there's gonna be I think because player options this year so. Is it 2020? Is whatever the free agency is that um that everybody has their player option and everything. So it's the free agency where Bradley Bill is gonna come up. 
Um, mm. Kawhi, if he comes up, if he come, if he takes his player option, which I think he's going to decline, if he accepts his player option, and all these other big contracts are going to come up on the board. And I'm not saying the subject is going to make a big move, but we have potential to make a big move with Kimba off the books because trading Kimba Walker and taking Al Horford, whose contract is shorter and less money, frees us up. I think it was about like 27, 28 million. Yeah. So that's taking that off the books. So to have the potential to, I know, I know nothing's a guarantee, but with Kimba, we don't even have a, we don't even have the option to go try to go get another big name player. You know what I mean? We don't have any option cap wise exactly but from the outside looking in so if you look at your roster right now Jalen Brown and Jason Taylor can both be ball handlers Marcus Smart can be your starting point guard even though I don't know if he's he would be my first I mean right now he is your starting point guard yeah I know but I'm saying I wouldn't yeah exactly but exactly and so the question remains okay you save money by getting Kemba out of there Still paying Al Horford, and you still have to replace Kemba with another ball handler. Is our ball handler going to be better or just as good as Marcus Smart? Is really the question. If so, then who and at what price tag are you going to get him? You know what I mean? It's just this because there's so many unknowns with that type of move. And if you don't get another ball handler, then I mean, you kind of lost but that trade to me. And it's not a guarantee. No, I don't. I don't agree with that though, because even if you don't. Even if you don't go get somebody like a big name, you still have more money bench wise to get depth. Another thing the Celtics really needed was depth. Like once Tatum and Brown were weren't really doing anything, you saw you saw a lot of weaknesses in the Celtics game. Like we have a lot of our bench is a bunch of young guys that were misses in draft, like lottery picks or right outside the lottery picks that didn't hit mm-hmm. they didn't hit like we you saw you saw a lot of minutes to all these other people you were you were we were watching we're like golly our, our bench is really weak golly our bench is really weak we still we that's why we went and got evan fournier because we we're like okay he can be our he can come off the bench lead it and somehow we just have an extra scoring off the bench and that's where some of that money is going to evan fournier and then yeah but evan fournier's contract is going to come off the books soon if because he, he's a restricted. Uh, you you think you're not resigning him? You're all resigning him. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying it's potential. It's potential. But even if we do resign him, he's not getting a max deal, so we're still gonna have money and then over. The the death point is a good point, but it's also one of those overrated points in sports talk. Because we always talk about people really love to talk about how deep people's benches are and shit. And it is important because you're starting you to at least eight though. minutes. But I mean, how many teams? Maybe the Jazz right now are pretty deep. The Suns aren't that deep to me. They're eight. They're at least eight deep, though. That's what I'm saying. You need. At I least mean, but eight you can deep. get an eight deep rotation because that means five of them are your fucking starting five. And yes, three, but and then, what but you're missing three, is we don't have an eight deep. We don't have a legit eight deep rotation right now. But that's probably more on coaching than actual talent. You know what I mean? Um, like, no, as somebody that watched those Celtics games, whenever Brad was experimenting, because I used to get on here and complain a lot 
because Brad was experimenting early in the season. He was trying like double bigs to see. I think he was also doing that to try to fiend out which big man he wanted to go get rid of because we had three bigs at the time. He was doing double big. He was giving a lot of the young guys a lot of – he only young guy he wasn't playing was Neesmith. All the other young guys, he was giving them minutes. He was seeing where they were going. And a lot of them just didn't pan out. A lot of them just watching them were like, that's not a – like even rotational level player right now. We're not giving him minutes. We're giving him rotation. We're giving him opportunity, and they're not doing anything with it. I can give you. So I can give you three off your bench right now that I think are serviceable. Langford, Ooh. Langford was serviceable in the playoffs. He did. Langford was injured ninety percent. He's been not injured ninety percent of his time play in the last three years. Hey, look here, Mister Celtics beat writer. Hold on. <laughs> All right. So Langford was pretty serviceable when he was healthy. Fucking Grant Williams was also pretty. Grant, oh no, 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 no! Grant Williams was pathetic most of the year. People wanted Grant Williams gone. Grant Williams is a likable guy. People like Grant Williams. What's going on? Most people wanted him gone because he doesn't bench player. But what what is he providing off the bench? Is what you need to ask because he doesn't provide shooting. He doesn't provide scoring. When he gets the ball, people sag in the paint. They give him the Ben Simmons. Well, why did y'all drop? And he's a very round. Y'all saw him at Tennessee. Y'all knew that nigga couldn't shoot. Yes, but they were like using. They were hoping to use him as like a tweener guy that can do multiple things. Yeah, just, but even he, as def, even the defensive wise, he still get he still makes a lot of mistakes. He gets confused defensively. He does he doesn't do the things that we want him to do. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do them well. But he gets a lot of minutes because it's like who else do you play there? We don't have a legit backup forward to put there. It's like you want to put Sim. You want to put all these other people. You look at you look at the options available. You're like. Who are we supposed to play there? Tatum, Tatum, and them can't play ninety. Like now, you know, they play ninety nine percent of the game. You know, they can't. They can't do that. Their bodies won't hold up. So, what are they supposed to do throughout the regular season to get to the playoff point? They don't have a legit backup forward. Tatum shouldn't even be playing power forward right now. Tatum shouldn't be playing power forward, but he's our starting power forward, and we have Brown starting at small forward. But really, we should be using Tatum at the small forward and Brown at the shooting guard. But we don't have legit fours on our team to where we can do that. Hopefully, Aaron Neesmith can continue to play well. If you would have said his name, that's fair. Those other two, I'm not a lot. Like, if you look at any Celtics fan, you listen to anything. No, I haven't seen many Celtics fans want them there outside of being like, oh, yeah, they're a good guy. They're a good teammate. They hustle. But basketball-wise, they're not, they're not, they're not here. They're not, they're not here, especially well, many, at the level. How many premier scores? If you – if your bench players are going to be premier scorers, well, you're damn right they're going to be hard to find off the free agent market. Like, well, I don't want them to be premier scorers. I mean, what, what do you want from them? What do you want from Grant Williams? I, I, they need to have a role. Okay, we, that's a, a role that's player. Like, you look at bench players, what is their role that to is, do? That it's like, coping, this player though. might be there just to shoot. That's this coping. player might be there just supposed to, to identify what this player does well and then groom him to exceed in that role. I agree. Only that's what I'm saying. He's tried to put them in these roles. I'm like I'm saying. I'm watching the game and I'm watching him experiment because Brad Stevens was getting so much flack early in the year because they were like, "Why is he experimenting? Why is he doing X, Y, and Z? We're trying to be a playoff team. We're losing all these games. Stop experimenting. What are these do? Because I was giving him a lot of slack for it too. I was like, "Why is he experimenting with these lineups? This is awful." He kept trying to put people in roles. Like Romeo Langford came in as a shooting guard, but he kept trying to play him at point guard just to just to try something out he was like yeah he hustles he does 
well defensively, so they're trying to put him at point guard just to see how he was. He's not a good playmaker. He's not a very good scorer, but right. And this is the man that you got making draft picks and roster decisions for you now. What I'm I'm fine with I'm fine with that because he identified that and then he moved them he he moved them away he moved them out of the rotation because he's like yeah I'm I'm seeing what they do get them out of the rotation I can't go say every single time I can't trade the whole team Ainge built the team he's like he drafted these players so these players are here mm-hmm. but a lot of these players don't get PT or don't get minutes mm-hmm. because I don't really I see what they're capable of. There's a reason a lot of them didn't get a lot of minutes. There was a reason why there's certain things happen like that. But he had to experiment to try to figure it out. He tried. He saw he couldn't figure it out. He couldn't. He didn't know. There wasn't a lot of things they were good at to where they could play a lot. So he's like, okay, I identified that. Let's move on. So I don't really see them. I don't. I don't really see a lot of our bench players still being there within the next two three years. As long as Brad Stevens is there, I see him moving a lot of players, even though they're likable guys. I see him moving a lot of them to try to like just get us, like I said, like specialists. Like you, like think of how, like I, like I keep emphasizing this point about the sharpshooter thing. Think of all the other teams in the league that have sharpshooters. That's literally their only role. They're, they don't play defense. Uh-huh. They don't play make. They don't do anything else. Their role is to shoot. They they go out there and shoot. We don't have no one to go out there and be like, okay, your job is to shoot. We don't have a sharpshooter. Our stars are our best shooters, and we don't have any shooters. We don't have those 40%, 38% three-point shooters that a lot of other teams have that have that role. We don't have that. We don't have a knockdown shooter. We don't have players that be like, okay, your only role is to play defense, be a defensive stopper. We have a bunch of hustle players off the bench that are young guys that are trying to make a name and trying to figure their stuff out. However, the timeline that they're on with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown doesn't meet the rest of those guys trying to get up and kind of do their thing. So I don't, I don't, right. I don't. So, so what does your, what does y'all short term fix looks like now, right? Because you traded Kemba, you don't have a first round draft pick to address roster needs now, but you still have a roster comprised of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum that you should be competing now. But yeah, how do you address the holes in the roster to where you're competing this year? And you don't have to start worrying about just grown stars looking for, you know, avenues out. What do you what do you do to fix that? Well, first, I want to the first we, we just we just um what's called met an immediate need with the center position. We got Moses Brown, a seven footer. We got Al Horford back who can be a good tweener and everything, can play power forward and center. So, oh, wait, we already also, met that need. That also gave me another follow up to a question I wanted to ask you. Why make these roster moves without hiring a coach and knowing how he want his roster constructed? Now go ahead. So, okay, okay. I think here's here. Okay, let me answer your first question first. The first question um about the roster construction. Next, I say we need to move Tristan Thompson, or we're gonna have to move. Unfortunately, Rob Williams. One of those two have to go. They can't both stay there. Mm-hmm. They're both the same size have similar play styles, only Rob Williams is younger and has more potential to grow. Is Tristan contract kind of crazy? No, Tristan Thompson has one more year on his contract. Easy to move. Yeah, he had he had a two I think it was a two year eighteen million dollar contract. We just got through the first year. We have one more year on he his contract. Sports, he? Huh? He clutched sports, ain't he? Yeah, he clutched. <laughs> He'd be real easy to move. Yeah, so we got to move him because if not, we have four bigs on our roster 
and three of the bigs can't space the floor. So that needs to be our next move. We need to decide whether we want whether we want to have Rob Williams there, like have a rotation of Rob Williams and Moses Brown, and then have Al Horford there as the veteran leadership, and he can also play the four or the five, or we're going to have Tristan Thompson in Moses Brown and then have Al Horford there. Mm-hmm. We, we got to decide how we're going to – we need to address the big man situation. Honestly, I don't necessarily like having three bigs, but I know it's necessary because injuries happen, anything's possible. Al Horford is getting up there in age, so you need to have two young guys there or two guy, other guys, period, because Al Horford's not going to be able to play those crazy minutes, even though he's still a service or bull big. So just move one of the bigs first. That's the first um, foremost. Secondly, we have to try to get a veteran point guard. We don't need – I don't – we don't need a crazy point guard. We don't need um, – I know a lot of people – Try to point X, Y, Z. They want that's why they want a kid, but they want a superstar point guard. We don't need a superstar point guard. That's not necessary. I agree, it's a guard-driven league, but I don't think we you need a superstar point guard to do that. We have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and those should be our primary two building blocks and our primary two scorers. Longo so Ball's a restricted free agent this this summer, I think. Yeah, he is. I've seen a lot of Celtics fans tweet about that, too, saying they want Lonzo, especially since Lonzo and the Pelicans, they didn't have – they were conflicting all throughout the season. He didn't want to sign that contract with them. He didn't want to go there with them and everything like that. But now with Stan Van Gundy gone, who knows what's going to happen. But Lonzo would be a perfect fit, too, a defensive point guard that can play make. That's honestly – not necessarily Lonzo, but that's the type of point guard I want. I don't need you to be a scorer, a crazy scorer. I don't need you to do anything. I, I think you all I need you to do is be able to pass it and facilitate and run an offense and play defense because our primary scorers will handle the rest. If you can catch and shoot and shoot at least 35 36% from the three-point line, then you're doing your job. I don't need you to make crazy numbers. I just need you to be able – to play a role, you don't need superstars every at every position. Just play a role, uh-huh. and then we're 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 good there. And though if we meet those two needs, I think we'll be headed in the right direction. And if we do, then I feel like Brad Stevens did well in his first um, off season. And then after that, we just gotta hope Neesmith, uh pans out because he started at the end of the year. He started shooting better. He started playing better defense. And Aaron Neesmith could be that guy that I keep asking for, sharpshooter wise, especially since he was a bit. He was supposedly supposed to be the best shooter coming out of the draft, and he struggled early on. But he started. Uh, he he started at the end, started really balling out, and started putting up good numbers. So I'm hoping that that works out, and he becomes our stretch like our three. Or two backup, two backup, three, maybe eventually a starting caliber three. We can move Tatum back to the power forward, small ball style, and he can actually shoot. And I feel like we'll be straight there. Yeah, man. I mean, we'll see, bro. Brad Stevens, luckily he has time, right? Time one, because he has superstars that's going to keep him relevant. It's going to mm-hmm. keep the Celtics in the playoff picture. And two, it seems like your ownership group really likes him. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't provo- promote him from, I wouldn't say struggling coach, but. He was below expectations in his performance this year, I would say. And they elevated him to fucking team president. So he's he's pushing the right buttons in the building. So he's going to have time to do, execute his vision and figure shit out on his own. So he'll never be as good as a GM as Sam Presti, though. 
And just make, just make that. Uh, if you say so, Sam Presti. I still, I mean, the verse still out on him. Getting draft picks is one thing, but what you do with them is another thing. We no, saw no, Danny no, Ainge no, do. It wasn't no, to this extent, no, 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 no. but we saw Danny Ainge do something similar with stacking all these picks and then not necessarily doing anything to with them and having like what was that? La- yeah, last year actually, yeah, last year we had three first round picks. Um, Peyton Pritchard panned out. And we're still trying to see where Aaron Neesmith comes out. And it's like you get these picks, but you don't really do anything with them. You keep drafting players, and you keep – we have in multiple years where we draft two, three players in the first round, but you don't really make the trade. It's like we want to make a trade for a big name, and you have the stuff too, but then you back out and don't pull the trigger. So as long as Sam Presti shows me he has that capability to pull the trigger, then I'm cool with it. But we haven't seen that necessarily yet. We're just seeing him stack draft picks. I want to see him do something with the draft picks necessarily yet. Have you? Huh? Yo, Sam, Sam Presti has been doing more or less for probably like the last, maybe the last two, three drafts. I mean, not. I'm not saying he's not doing nothing well. I'll just say I want to see him try to make a move for a, well, a big name, a star, just to see so y'all can happen. get back on the right path. That's not happening when we just took Kemba's 73 million fucking dollars with us. That, well, yeah, not now. I'm talking about in the future. I think what's going to happen, Kemba, us taking Kemba told me two things. One, well, I guess is one. the first one is actually a possible. I'm assuming Kemba's going to play with us. So we're probably going to try and make a playoff push. Two, we're probably not going guard. I mean, so if we get number one, we'll still get Cade, but he'll be playing small forward. And then he'll probably have the ball in his hands sometimes. But if we go anything else besides one, we'll probably go Mobley. Probably gonna go, probably gonna go big man. And I, I just deduce that by the fact that we got two point guards now. We really don't need a third one. We just got rid of a big man, so we're gonna have a need at big man. And I mean, the more I think about it, the best teams in the league or the teams that's up and coming. They have pretty fucking dominant big men, man. Look at Anthony Davis. Look at Yochik. Look at fucking. I mean, even the Jazz, Rudy Gobert. I don't want to call him dominant. <laughs> Get the hell out of here! That man doesn't have a post move he can put to memory. He plays good defense. Joel Embiid. Hey, hey, hey I'm gonna stop you there right there. Your favorite player was out there talking about old boy defense. Who? Your favorite player, Kevin Durant, was talking about, yeah, they be giving these players defensive player of the year. But then I see them, and I'm like, that's who. Then that old oh, the new interviewer was like, well, I'm sure you see that with, like, all your match. Like, he's like, it's you. You can score on anybody. He's like, well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, they give these people a defensive player of the year, but they can't switch on a pick and roll. They can't guard the perimeter, but that's who they're giving defensive player yeah, of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, Gobert was so, a bad example. He was a bad example. I <laughs> I'm literally watching him run up and down the court right now. He's looking pretty slow, but I just seen Terrence You know the uh, you get the right dominant big man, the teams your team success will grow. Especially if you're like a rebuilding team, you kind of want to build inside out. Even though it is a guard driven league, it's kind of yeah, hard. It's harder to hit on those guards, man. Well, yeah, I agree with that. It's harder to hit on the guard because the guard is a much more difficult position to play offensively because you have to orchestrate and run an offense, and that's not something 
easy. I, I like that's why it's compared to the quarterback position. Think about all those quarterbacks that come in and they struggle in the beginning because they're trying to figure everything out. They got to run everything. They got to do everything like that. Yeah. And but you see other players like running backs, receivers, rookies. They don't really struggle because it's like they know what they got to do. Their role hasn't changed from the NFL to college. And then that's why I can like I compared like a bunch of like bigs and stuff like that. Some bigs, it's like yeah, depending on. Oh my God, Terrence Man is cooking, bro. I'm sorry, but this man is. Oh my God, he is treating Rudy Gobert like a child, yo. Yeah, man. That's somebody defensive player of the year. Yeah. It's not yeah, mine. That's edit. all I'm going to say. That's, hey, that's somebody defensive player of the year. I am sitting here watching Terrence Mann treat that man like barbecue chicken. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we want to that mention to go, Rudy Gobert out when, you know, when I mentioned him in my list of dominant. <laughs> no, we keep it. That, yeah, I don't know what this was going on. I'm sorry. but um, No, I just flagged that. But, um, yeah, well, I don't even remember. I don't watch my training. Yeah, but, yeah, it's, it's hard hitting on guards, especially if they don't have a developed jump shot because then yeah. A-Law, Ben Simmons, they just become way too one-dimensional. It's easy to play. Even Lago, it's, it's sick, man. Ben Simmons is a sick, sick. He needs to be a power forward. Bro. I don't know why Philly is playing him as, like, the lead guard right now. And that's but he's supposed to be a guard. He came out. He that was his big thing. He was supposed to be a great. He's a great pass. He's, he's a, a great, great passer. passer. He's a great playmaker. He can, he can handle the ball well for his size. He can do all that. That doesn't mean you have to be a point guard. You can pass out the post. You can get the ball on the wing. And pa- but bro, if you can't shoot enough to make them respect you in the perimeter, then you don't need to be a perimeter player. I agree. Cause I'm watching. I was watching, bro. I was Ben Simmons is one of his biggest fans and one of the biggest advocates for Ben Simmons coming out. I was like, while he was in high school, I was a big, I was tweeting about that a while ago. I was like, it pains me because I was a big fan of him in high school. I was rocking them all LSU. I was all, I was on the hype. I was hyping him up like crazy. I was like, whoa, man, he don't need a shoe. He'll figure it out. He got hurt, but then after his rookie year, he averaged like 16, 8 now. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I was hyping Ben Simmons up. And now it's like, Four years later, this man still he has not he, he ain't grown. He has like no showed zero growth other than putting more effort into defensive and taking more pride as a deep defender. And, and it's like, yeah, be Michael Kidd Gilchrist, but bro, <laughs> Michael Kidd Gilchrist, that's so different. He's supposed to be, but like in all seriousness, he's supposed to be the next LeBron. That's I was what like, I was told. He was never gonna be the next LeBron, but he was supposed. He was that. That was said. Because he can pass and he's six eight, but six ten. Yeah, whatever. He's tall. He's tall. He's a he's a fucking big man that can't do post moves. But excuse me, he his reluctance to shoot is like it's like he stunted his own development. You know what I mean? And and he he got hurt two years in a row, so. He had plenty of time to think about how he wanted to build his game. I, I feel like he's complacent, you know. Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. I feel like he's complacent on how he is. is. Like I've said that before about certain NBA players. I feel like they come into the league, they already know that they're good and what they're good at right now. Yeah. They can have a 10, 15 year career easy and make a lot of money and chill, and they don't treat the NBA like no other people do. Yeah, like, it's a job. Like when we talk about Kyrie Irving, it's, they treat it like a job. Is day and day. It's like it, that's what it is, though. It's a job. Nah, see, that's, how nah, like not everybody nah, wants to be the greatest. This nigga not treating it like a job, though. Like I don't think he puts in work 
for real. Like he might put in like a little bit of film study, but like his physical, technical basketball skills have not improved. Everything that he does well, he does well naturally. He passes well. He's he rebounds decent because of his size. He defends well because he utilizes his size. But the offensive side of the ball is where you can see where you're supposed to see tangible progress. Like when you see someone Every time someone says, oh, I'm getting my bag this summer, they're not talking about fucking defense. They're not. No one gets mm-hmm. some fucking cones out and starts sliding side, side to side working on defense. No, nigga. You go get a shooting coach. You go get with fucking Chris Brickley, whatever that nigga name is. You'll get with that white boy. That's a shooting coach that fucking broke Markel's shot. And then you just start fucking, you do something. But this nigga been, I'm sorry. Ben Simmons has not improved since he's been in the league. He has not. You want to see Ben Simmons slander? Go look at that boy Snap's um, Twitter page. Because if you scroll the last 30 of my tweets, and I'm not even exaggerating, the last 30 of my tweets is nothing but Ben Simmons slander. Um, even my ad name right now, I didn't change my profile name to slander Ben Simmons. If you go there, you will see that as well. Um, because I, I'm, I'm sick of that. He's I'm a so good player, it. too. It's. That's a he part. could be. He's, he could be this, great. This, this is the complacency, like great. where you were talking about. He's could. He could be great. Yeah. He's good. Could right. be great, but he's not. He's not. People, you can't be a primary facilitator and not have any scoring option at all. You can't be. You can't because then people stop guarding you. Like there was people. There was so many times tonight where he. People are sitting in the paint. That's a normal thing. He would drive and no one collapses. No one does anything. They just wait on him and he tries to pass out and they're waiting on him. They're literally waiting on him to pass and they deflect the pass. They don't always result in turnovers, but they're getting deflections. They're there. They're not there or they're guarding your man and the man didn't get open at all because they're just sitting there waiting on his pass. It is stunting. I keep saying this. Ben Simmons is stunting Joel Embiid's growth so much. Well, Joel's growing in spite of Ben Simmons. Yeah, he's he's growing in spite of him. But Joel could put up so much many better numbers when Ben Simmons is not on the court because if you watch, Ben Simmons will literally – Yeah, the spacing. Ben Simmons will be on the court, and he will be standing on the block or standing at the um, or the elbow. He'll walk, nigga. I was watching like a couple possessions, like late in the third, early in the fourth. You know when he when the hack of Ben shit wasn't going on, like he was just like kind of mosey around in the key up to the free throw line, kind of walk into a screen type shit. Like bro, yeah, like move some. I don't really want to turn into a bash Ben session because Ben's a good player. But the look at every other point guard in the league, and they can probably do more offensively. Not passing, not you know, not being dangerous. Just talking about actual skill set, they're probably more skilled than Ben Simmons. And that's well, yeah, because they they kind of score. The thing is, if he would just learn, if he would just shoot that, because you see how game. far they sag off into him. He on the three point, they're in the paint. Excuse me, they're not even in the mid range. They're at the Paint. He used to shoot that mid-range jumper. Like he, he used to be more willing to shoot that. But now he don't even do it no more. He doesn't even do that. That's what I think his 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 head is so messed up. Like it's a mental thing. Cause he's been a poor free throw shooter. It's, people are starting to talk about it now, but he's been a poor free throw shooter since he was a rookie. He literally has. He's been a poor free throw shooter since then, and people are starting to notice it now even more. And it's like, go look at his numbers. His free throw shooting hasn't changed much. 
he's always been a poor. Just, just, just his shooting touch is just not there. And it lets like me, not gonna be a good and that shooter. pisses me off because I'm like, you literally play basketball year round. This is your job. How have you not developed a shot? You play with so many. You, know. you have played with so many good shooters throughout your career. You played with JJ Reddy. You are now playing with Seth. Curry. Seth Curry is a top five three-point shooter of all time going based off the percentages. Just because if you look at if you go look up <coughs> excuse me God, I need some water. I thought oh, this is getting mad at him. <coughs> I got your back, bro. The thing that really pissed me off is that if Rondo can do it, you can do it. You know what I'm saying? If, if Rondo can develop a serviceable three-point shot, serviceable perimeter shot, you can do it. And like you said, he worked with good shooters. And he should have seen just pretty much how they gain the confidence in their shooting, just practicing, and then taking the shots they practice and doing it in games. This is simple shit, bro. This is rec level shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it was something complicated that he was like, okay, then I'm like, okay, I can understand that. That takes a while to figure out that. But I think four years is long enough. Four years is long enough to have developed a jump shot. Yeah, that's the. I mean, and if you can't do that that long, then I don't know. Is it safe to call him a bust? I wouldn't say that, no. I wouldn't say – I know some people do because what they classify a bust as is not reaching what they thought you would do. Yeah. Like, you you flop. So, what they thought – they thought he was going to be a Hall of Fame, superstar level player. So, going based off that um, logic, then, yes, technically he is. But I wouldn't consider him one because I'm still – as pissed off as I am about Ben Simmons, as much as I keep saying I'm done, I'm always right. I'm a, I'm a fan of Ben Simmons. I'm a fan. I just get really – that's why I get so passionate and so emotional about it. It pisses me off. But I'm always going to rock with Ben Simmons. I'm always going to do X, Y, and Z. But I just – I just don't understand. I don't, I don't. I honestly just don't understand why he hasn't figured this out and why he doesn't. Because when they ask him about why he won't shoot, he says he doesn't want to shoot until – he says he's a perfectionist. He doesn't want to shoot until he knows he's going to be really good at it. Well, nigga, you can't get good at it if you don't shoot the ball. We already spoke about that last time. You said the same thing about in-game things. That's pissing me off. Shoot the ball. Just shoot. Just shoot. You have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose just to shoot. The coaches have came out and said they've told you to shoot. You just don't do it. Your teammates have said they want you to shoot. You just don't do it. So the only thing it's coming down to is you don't want to shoot. And if that's where you want to stay for the rest of your career, you're getting paid max money. And you're not looking like a max player. This will be the last max contract he sees, pal. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Is that trade... Ben Simmons might get traded. How did this turn into a fucking 20-minute bass session on Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons might get know. traded this summer, bro. Remember they, they were trying to trade him for the whole um James Harden. They were working that deal for a long time. I, mean, I can tell you what that shit didn't happen. This <laughs> motherfucker won't shoot, but... Is it's rough, man. It's, I feel sorry for Philly fans because Tyrese Maxey looked really fucking good tonight, and he was getting more minutes. He he, does, he earned them. He can hit a fucking free throw. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> dude, he can, he does something like that. There be times, it's not just Ben Simmons, where I'll be looking at players and I'll be like, do something, nigga. Like just do something. That's what Tyrese Max. He was just doing something. He wasn't scared in the moment. He was getting in the lane. He was getting competitive. He was trying to play defense. Trey Young was dropping him off a little bit. He effort. He recovered. Challenged the shot anyway. That's just the shit that that matters in playoffs basketball, and that's why Philly won tonight. Because there was a time where they're getting outworked by the Hawks, but 
I think Tyrese Maxey was definitely the X factor because when that hack of Ben shit started, Doc Doc can't really give Ben too many missed free throws. <laughs> he wasn't about to go through that shit again, so he pulled his ass. So, you know, shout out to the Rook, man. He did his thing tonight. Hopefully, you know, he gets more opportunities in the game seven. I don't I won't say hopefully Philly wins, cause I don't really give a fuck, but hopefully he gets off. I want I want the Hawks to win because I wanna see well, only reason I want the Hawks to win is if I, because I see the Bucks winning. Unfortunately, unless KD goes nuclear again, because with the injuries, I was like, I don't, I don't know. They, they're gonna need him to go nuclear. And if the Bucks win, I want to see the Bucks Hawks because I want to see, see. They don't even need KD to go nuclear. So we were just talking about the effort shit. The Nets have like real bad habits, like they, like their fifty fifty balls and shit. I don't know statistically what it looks like, but just looking at the eye test, their effort is horrible on rebounds and fucking loose balls and shit like that. And that's the shit the Bucks do supremely well. And that's where they was getting beat a lot, like second chance points and shit. I think if they can yeah. find a way to play like it's a game seven, then the Nets should at least keep it close. And if it's close going into the fourth quarter, going into the last three minutes, then, you know, that's when you see KD do what he needs to do. I also think they need more help from their, their role players because Joe Harris has been playing like absolute cheap. Joe Harris series. is a Milwaukee Buck. <laughs> I saw you say that too. I saw you too. I mean, oh, say that on Facebook. I was like, yeah. I was weak. Yo, yo. I, I, I watched. Terrence you know, Mann no. is still cooking. Yo, oh, yeah, he is. I, I watched. I watched Joe Harris literally like commit an offensive foul that was unneeded. Like it was like a super unnecessary. It was some. It was some crazy shit. He turned the ball over, and like, oh, he's shaving points. Like this nigga's doing this shit on purpose. Like, cause he he's too good of a shooter to be doing this ass. It doesn't make sense. He be wide the fuck open. I will hit those shots. Give me his contract. <laughs> I'll hit him. It don't matter. I've I've been in the gym. <laughs> yeah, I'm not scared at the moment. I was hundred. I was bro. I was hundred percent from three pointers in in our intramural season. What are you lying? <laughs> I was, bro. I was. I was one for one. One for one. That's 100%. Mm-hmm. I digress, man. I, see, I already heard the hate coming, so I'm just going to let that one go. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I don't know. So you, I, don't, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I'm still hot about this Ben Simmons stuff, but I'm going to let my tweets save that and just keep going after that. I'm going to leave that alone. Um. Who wins this Hawks Philly series? Who wins the Hawks Philly series? Honestly, if it's got to be if, Philly, right? Nah, I, I honestly see Atlanta just because of the role player part of the um the role. Atlanta's bench is deeper, and if their shooters hit their shots, if their shooters which can light it up, which they are capable of doing. Atlanta's role players outdo um, Philly's role players. And Philly's going to need Seth Curry to go nuclear again like he did tonight. They're going to – and Philly's going to need Ben Simmons to be aggressive. If Ben Simmons is aggressive in game seven and Ben Simmons actually want, shows up like he actually wants to play the game of basketball and actually wants to be proved that he's a max player, then I can say Philly will win because I picked Philly to win in the beginning. However, after what I'm seeing with this Atlanta series and I'm seeing how they want to play, that's the only reason I'm saying Atlanta. So my pick is Atlanta right now. 
I got Philly, man. Every game that Atlanta won has been close. Philly, Philly really should have won the last game before this one, man. I just let that shit go. I think they have what they want to do. I think what they're doing is working. I mean, Joel Embiid had like a horrible first half, in my opinion. Like shots that he should have been hitting, they weren't falling. I think there's a lot of calls he should have got he didn't get. And even still, you know, they, they made offense work. They role players showed up. Once again, Tyrese Maxey, Seth Curry. I'm not really going to call him a role player. He's probably the second best player in that team after fucking Embiid. And then... Man, don't disrespect Tobias Harris. I wasn't disrespecting Tobias Harris. I, I mean, I really think Seth Curry is a good basketball player. I think this playoff series has shown us that he's a lot better. And I think he doesn't get the credit he deserves because he's Steph's little brother. And people don't want to just anoint him good because he's a Curry, but he's a good basketball player. He's good on defense. Like I said, you saw I was saying he's a, he's a top five shooter of all time. You just look at it. He's like shooting like 44, 45% like from the three he's going nuts. As, he's, a, as a career shooter. And he's competing on the defensive end. I, I saw him guard John Collins and draw offensive foul. Like he's competing. He's, he's, he's a winning basketball player. I'll give you that. If they win it, it'll be – if they win game seven tomorrow, I guarantee you Curry has over 25 points. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you. And that's 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 nothing to laugh at. And Tobias Harris is good, but i seen Tobias Harris throw up some bullshit tonight. You know what I'm saying? He's not – I wouldn't call him an efficient scorer. He's like a volume scorer who sometimes looks efficient because his shit's fall. So, and like I said, it's a guard-driven league, so that's why my, my votes go with Curry's second-best player, but <laughs> – you know, tomato, tomato, don't really matter. So, are we gonna? When are we gonna talk about this Paul George being saved narrative? Because Paul George is being saved right now because Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson are going nuclear. I mean, y'all, I mean, y'all gonna see it. if something changes. Y'all might see it, but Terrence Mann had a that twenty point third quarter. We in the early fourth quarter right now, and they cooking right now. Terrence Mann got 34 points. Reggie Jackson got 21. And Paul George is 6 of 18. So. Well, I feel like that's what role players are supposed to do. I mean, not necessarily go yeah. off of 34, but, I mean, you all get paid to play this game. Like, you pose a knockdown to open shot, and that's pretty much what Terrence Mann did. Like, Terrence Mann not just open, knocking down open shot. Terrence Mann is attacking Rudy Gobert in the paint and being extremely aggressive and actually telling that man he's not scared of him. Well, that's a plus. But, I mean, Reggie mm-hmm. Jackson, OKC product. I, I said before, man, OKC, probably the best developers of talent in basketball, man. Yeah, we're gonna say that for another conversation because we already been going too long anyway and we didn't even talk about everything we needed to talk about because that ben simmons part wasn't a part of the schedule yeah. <laughs> I discussion. actually took off the playoff segment that we we're supposed to talk about but it's okay yeah we were supposed to take uh we'll just have to say i mean we have three game we possibly have three game sevens so we'll have plenty to talk about in the next episode as Reggie Jackson hits another yeah, tough that, layup over that fraud defensive player of the year. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to be in this series, pal. Yeah, good night. Good night. Because Donovan Mitchell is trying to do it by himself on a wobble leg. Yo, good night. Yeah, anyway, this has been another episode of the Ask Geeks Podcast. <laughs> always, always, always remember to respect. Nicholas Batum just hit another three. Bro, good night. <laughs> Good night. We cutting it there. Good night.